Welcome to the Kinder Lights Podcast. It's all about raising the profile of early learning and celebrating wonderful kindergarten educators as they share stories of their highs, lows, and some of the wild fun in between. You'll hear unvarnished truths and advice about teaching in kindergarten learning spaces shared by educators who are lights of hope, joy, and love for their students. And now, here's your host, a man who spent the final three years of his 30-year career as a kindergarten teacher, Chris Quinn. Hello, and welcome to all Kinder Lights podcast listeners. I am excited to be welcoming Leah Jera to the podcast today. Leah is my seventh guest on the podcast, and she is living in Southern California. Leah Jarrah is currently a transitional kindergarten teacher. She's taught preschool, kindergarten, and fourth grade. Leah is passionate about creating an emotionally safe classroom where children can learn to recognize and regulate their emotions. She believes that children who can state their needs and get them met are better equipped to take academic risks and share their thinking and learning. You can find Leah on Twitter at Leah Jera. That's capital L-I-A, capital G-Y-O-R-E. And I'll add Leah's contact information to the show notes. And now I'm honored to welcome Leah Jera to the Kinder Lights podcast. Thank you for joining me, Leah. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Thank you. So just a refresher for our listeners, the format for our discussion will be structured around the LIGHTS acronym, with each letter referencing something that the educator has in terms of experience in early years or kindergarten. So Leah, we'll begin with the first letter in the acronym, and that's L. And L is for laugh. It could be a humorous moment or something that's made you smile in your experience. I actually thought a lot about this because as an early years teacher, there's always there's always a humorous moment and kids say the darndest things. But the story that really stuck out to me was just from about a year ago when we were doing um, Zoom classrooms. And... Like most teachers, I met cousins, grandparents, family dogs, the cats. But something I didn't expect to happen was I met the family turkey. So <laughs> one day during instruction, my little guy just pops out of his chair and disappears and comes back holding a live turkey. <laughs> and he was so excited. The turkey was not pleased to be brought into the house and shoved in front of the computer camera. So the turkey starts squawking and flapping its wings, which scares the child. So he drops the turkey. And so everyone's screaming. And the mom comes zooming into the room to find her dining room as now has a live turkey flying around in it madly. And um, it was so funny. And it was hard to stay composed and to get everybody regrouped after that. But I will never forget that moment, my first time having a live turkey in my classroom. Oh, Leah, that is so funny. It's, you know, this is the seventh episode of this podcast. And that has to be the funniest laugh story we've had yet. (laughs) The joys of Zoom, right? So it's live. 
and they're at the other end and you said you you know you get to meet whole families and suddenly this turkey pops in <laughs> what a great memory to carry with you well thanks for starting us off with such a great story um our second letter in the acronym is stands for i and it stands for interest so something that interests you most about kindergarten what i've really been interested in and has really shaped my classroom is really deep diving into trauma-informed practices and SEL very intentionally. Even before the pandemic started, I teach my children how to recognize their feelings and what's going on in their brain. We talk about uh, your brain in your hand your amygdala, and your prefrontal cortex. So you have your animal brain and your thinking brain. And everybody has an animal brain, even grown-ups, even teachers. Recognizing what your body feels like when your lid is starting to flip. I teach them that sometimes that means that you're hungry or you're tired or maybe you're stressed or, or nervous. There's so many things that can cause your your lid to flip, but we can close it. We can get it back down when you start to recognize those feelings in your body. And you can close it by asking for affection, for attention, for alone time. And we have signals for those things. So staying regulated throughout the day really helps build those relationships. You would think that maybe kindergartners wouldn't be up to this but they are. And they really, they recognize it in each other. And they've even learned to signal each other when when they see one of their classmates' lid starting to rise. And they're very compassionate and empathetic towards each other and those needs. And I think that creates a safe place. Because children need to be safe to explore, to ask questions, to experiment, to try things. And that's through all education. But I think starting out those early years, knowing that they belong at school and it's a safe, exciting place, and it's a place of wonder and discovery and risk-taking, is the best foundation I can give them. Leah, I am so happy and thrilled, actually, that you chose this as your sort of point of interest in terms of your experience in, uh, in early years. I firmly believe that early years teachers are leaders when it comes to trauma-informed practice and, and SEL. And as you said, long before um, the pandemic started, I remember when I was in the classroom and teaching in early years, that was always a priority. And I see how much of a priority that is for you. And I know for other early years teachers as well. And you know, that, that idea of we can, and you made this point, we can teach young children, even three, four, five-year-old mm -hmm. children, how to begin to self-regulate. And how through that process, as you said, we create safe spaces and they feel safe in the environment mm -hmm. in which they, uh, you know, they're learning. Mm -hmm. Thank you for actually um, talking about that and uh, making that a really important part of your practice in the classroom. I think that there's a lot of feeling that post-pandemic, 
the push for SEL has become another thing. But I think if we recognize that if we slow down and make that the first thing, then the other things that we have to do will happen easier and more quickly because we won't be dealing with some of the other issues going along. The next letter in our acronym is G. So here's a little bit of fun. So the focus on this is a gaff or a gasp. So it could be a personal blunder, something that didn't go well for you, or it could be something that kind of shocked you that maybe the children experienced in the classroom with you. So I'll turn it over to you. I have many times been caught up in passion bias. When I get so passionate about something and see the the truth in it and that it's so it's so right and so powerful. And so times so I've been really passionate about sharing idea. I haven't always been good about gauging how I presented to specific people and have actually slowed down the progress on things that I was so passionate about because I didn't do with my colleagues what I would do with my students. So that's been something that I've been working on for a while and I'm better at it some days than others because I do get very excited about things. I have to remember that adults are still learners and at their own pace and what they're ready for and what they're not ready for and to accept that and not take someone not ready to adopt an idea as a personal failure. Leah, thank you for your authenticity and thank you for your honesty. I'd not heard the term before, but it makes sense to me, the passion bias. But I share that with you, that idea of Sometimes we get so excited about what we're so heavily invested in. We know it's making a difference for us and for our students. And so we want to be able to take the opportunity to share it with colleagues. And hopefully, we hope that they get equally as excited about that. But you're right, right? People are at different places. And especially right now during this pandemic, I know we have many teachers who are really tired for a whole variety of reasons. Many of us sometimes get caught in that, and and it comes from a good place, but you're right. We have to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next letter is H. This is a highlight. So given all your experience in early years and in kindergarten, can you think of something that kind of stands out for you as a highlight in your career to date? Uh, there's something that just happened a couple months ago. I had a little boy come into my classroom. He uh, was in foster care, had been severely abused, had no language, very sensory seeking. My number one goal initially was just to keep him safe in my space. We worked so hard and gradually got him to a place where he was a real part of the community. The students knew something's different with this classmate. And they were so patient and gentle with him. Even during the times that he was causing some chaos, they just they just stayed so calm with him. Eventually, he started to talk. And the words that he first used were the names of his classmates. He was really trying to do the best of his ability what his classmates were doing. And then his mother regained custody. And just in a flash, with no warning, he was gone. My heart was broken, but what's, what helped me was knowing that I was able to impact him powerfully. He loved school. He loved being here. He loved his classmates. He was excited about learning. 
So when he went on to his next space, he was going to be okay. What an incredible story. As you were sharing that story, I was thinking about what a difference for that little boy you were making and his classmates were making in his life. And whether he realized it now or perhaps somewhere down the road, you had an impact. You did make a difference. But it's hard, especially when they leave us. It's hard. I'm going to have trouble moving on to the next letter now. Um, but, but no, I, I really do appreciate the fact that you recognized that despite all the challenges that surrounded that experience, that you, you know you feel confident that, uh, that you made a difference in that child's life. And, and really, that's what we're about, right? That's, mm-hmm. We're about making differences in a variety of different ways. But for you, such an impactful difference that, you know, the hope is that you made for, for that young boy. So thank you. And I, and I have to believe, too, that it made an impact on his classmates as well. Absolutely. Okay. So T, T stands for tip. So any words of advice you'd like to offer to experienced teachers who are listening could be brand new teachers who are listening. I think what has kept me excited about teaching, not burning out, is being that lifelong learner that I'm trying to help my children become, staying connected to other educators, always learning, always asking questions, and not being afraid to try something new, to be innovative, and not worry about if it flops, you're not going to ruin anyone's life if you try a new method of teaching and it is a failure because you'll still learn from it and still grow. And that's what we teach our students. And, but I think teachers, I know that I am, I know a lot of teachers, I know we're perfectionists and we're control freaks and we want everything to be just right and perfect and beautiful. My advice is to let that go as much as you can because the stress of that on top of everything else is too much to bear. Yeah. Yeah. And letting things go sometimes can be so challenging, right? But, but your commitment to being a lifelong learner. You talked about how we try to instill that in the children we support and serve. But equally as important, we need to maintain that in our own lives, being lifelong learners. The risk-taking you talked about. Not everything works. <laughs> You know, you try something one day and you think, oh, wow, some days it's wonderful. And some days you feel like, oh, that was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> but we get back up, and, you know, and we try again. Right. And through that, the amazing thing is think about what we model for our children when we are doing that as adults and we are doing that as educators. Exactly. So it's so important for them to see that in us. And making mistakes is okay. And we hear that so often, right? Yeah. But the idea of letting go of some of that, and what a great message, especially right now, because this has been a stressful couple of years, at least um, for educators across the world. Yes. And, And knowing that, you know, you are enough and what you're doing is okay and you are committed. So everything you're trying may not always work, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need that reminder. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the last letter in our acronym is S. The idea of a saying or a quote, something that um, is meant to inspire. Something that caught my eye and stayed with me 
is a saying that says something like, um, children are not things to be molded, but they are people to be unfolded. Helping children really discover themselves and express themselves and learn and grow in a way that's meaningful to them and to have the ability to make choices and make decisions and really just be their truest selves in the classroom will help them become their truest selves throughout their lives if that's a habit that we can instill in a place that's safe enough for that to happen. You spoke to the heart of early years teaching and learning in terms of opportunities for them to feel and to experience being unfolded. The priority, allowing them to discover, allowing them to inquire, ask questions, seek answers. Yes. And the great things we do through play and the importance of play in classrooms. And, you know, to be honest, the hope is that somehow that that carries forward with them. That that sense of wonder that, that, that helps with that unfolding continues. But we do, in, in the early years, we lay that really important foundation. And you spoke to that foundation through the quote that you just shared. This was phenomenal. I honestly really appreciate your responses to each of those pieces of the acronym that I shared. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for the joy that you shared as well through your responses. And uh, I'm grateful to you for being with me here today. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? You can reach me on Twitter, at Leajera. Stay connected. And I look forward to connecting with some of your other listeners. We just need to take deep breaths and believe in ourselves and trust in ourselves and keep going forward in this hard time. So once again, Leah, I just want to take the opportunity to thank you. It's been an honor to engage with you in this discussion and to listen to you share the stories that you've shared from the heart. I wish you well as you continue your school year. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for the invite. It means a lot to me. This has been our March episode of the Kinder Lights podcast. Please plan to listen with us again at the beginning of May as I talk with an early learning educator leader based in Ontario, Canada. The Kinder Lights podcast can be accessed on my Google webpage. That's https sites.google.com slash view slash grateful edu 64. It is also available through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, and Pocket Casts. I can be reached on Twitter at Chris Quinn 64 and or at Grateful EDU 64. I am also accessible through Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kinder Lights podcast. Please continue to be a light of hope and kindness, especially for those who need it most. <laughs>